Hey everybody, welcome back to Retirement Clarity Radio. I'm really glad that you're joining me. Shout out to you and the dozens of other people listening to this podcast. Just as a little housekeeping note, yes, you can keep on listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you listen to on the podcast. It's available there. You can also watch me talk about this on YouTube when you type in Retirement Clarity Radio. Go ahead and subscribe, like, whatever you do on YouTube. You can watch me. And then if you like to read, this is how I like to, you know, get new information. Just go to my blog, excuse me, my website, forthrightfinances.com, then click on blog, and then you're going to see the recent episodes there. I'm also in the process of updating all the other episodes that I've done previously, so if you want to go back and just read them, you're going to be able to do that uh, soon. I don't want to put a timeline on that. We're working on it, uh, but it will be up there on the blog as well. So we are going to continue our conversation on estate planning. It's just such an important topic. Um, basically, whenever I meet with clients, there's something that we need to address in terms of an estate plan, um, whether it, they need to create documents, they need to get the beneficiary designations updated, they need to think about powers of attorney, whatever. Um, basically, everyone that I speak to that I have not spoken to before in terms of clients needs to address something in terms terms of their estate plan. If you're listening to this podcast, even though, I mean, you're probably ahead of 99% of the population if you're listening to a boring uh, retirement planning podcast. So you're probably really smart and you've probably got a lot of things already done, but there might be some ideas and some things that you need to implement in terms of your estate plan uh, for when and if you're not able to make decisions on your own, make sure the assets go to where you want, etc. So that's why we're doing these uh, four, four to five episodes on estate planning um, and what we hope to do here is just to give you the basics on what you need to know, what you need to understand, and then you're going to, you know, be responsible for making sure that you create all of those documents. So today we're going to talk about wills and trust. We're going to talk about the similarities between them, the differences, and then just some frequently asked questions. And then at the end, I'm going to give you my email. I want you, if you have any additional questions you want to ask about estate planning, send me an email. I'll compile everything and then we can maybe make an additional episode if we get enough questions um, to generate a new episode. We'll talk about your additional questions on that one. So let's dive right into it. Okay, so one of the most frequently asked questions I get about estate planning in general, and by the way, I used to teach estate planning at Cal State University Northridge, and I actually got this from my students as well, is what is the difference between a will and trust? It's a great question. There's some similarities, there's some differences, um, and we want to talk about those today. So in both cases, these documents um, are a part of your overall estate plan. So a will and a trust can uh, definitely go side by side. And typically, yeah, typically you'd want them to be side by side. You want to at least consider creating both um, to have a complete estate plan. You would also want to make sure that you have powers of attorney for medical decisions, financial decisions, and there might there also might be some other documents as well. So your overall, overall estate plan will incorporate all of these documents into one thing, and that's your estate plan. So let's talk about some similarities between a will-based uh, plan and a trust-based plan, um, wills versus trust. So control, exercising control. Both a will and a trust are going to allow you to control who gets your assets at death, um, how those people and entities get those assets, and who is in charge of making financial decisions at your death. Um, the levels of control do vary with trust, though, as trusts allow a lot more control. There's just a lot more, um, there's a lot more up 
to uh, having a trust in terms of the control uh, and designations that you put into the trust as opposed to the will. But both instruments are going to be used to exercise control at, at least to some degree. Uh, another way they're similar is in terms of amendments. So both a will and a revocable trust um, are quote-unquote set in sand, which means that you can change them provided that you have the mental capacity. You know, So hopefully you have that mental capacity, you can make those changes. Both of those documents, though, become set in stone upon your incapacity, so you don't have mental capacity to make those decisions, or your death. So um, those are two really big similarities, and they operate in a lot of the same ways, though a will and a trust. You know, you name out your assets and, and who receives them, um, and you can make uh, those controlling decisions with them. You can also make amendments to them if it's a revocable trust, as well as uh, the will as well. So those are some brief similarities in how they're used. Um, and then let's talk about the differences, and this is going to really help you understand um, why they're different and why you might want to make sure that you also have a will, excuse me, a trust in addition to a will. So the biggest difference that I see is a probate avoidance. So a trust if uh, will avoid probate if you fund it properly. And you actually have to title the assets in the name of the trust to make sure that this happens. A will, and this is the big difference, a will does not avoid probate. It merely tells a probate court where you want the assets to go. So this is a huge difference, um, and we're going to talk in a separate blog post about what probate is, but in really simple terms, probate's a legal process um, that your estate goes through after you pass away. Now, it is a state-by-state -state process, so it's going to be, uh, it's going to vary depending on where you live, but probate can be a really costly process. Um, in, in the state, you know, where I was born and raised, California, they charge a percentage of assets that go through the probate process. So they'll just say, hey, you've got this much in assets, we're gonna charge you this percent of those assets that had to go through this court process. So as you can imagine, if you have you know hundreds of thousands or even you know a million dollars plus that goes through probate, especially with home costs in California, if you don't properly title that and your house goes through this probate process, your estate could end up paying thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars in probate costs. And ouch, that is a lot of money, and that money goes straight to the government to run this process. So you're not even getting any kind of benefit from it. Um, now, some assets, when they're properly titled, can avoid probate. And so there's, there's really two ways to do this. You can properly title the assets in the name of the trust, which is so important, um, or you can have you know, beneficiary designations or life insurance designations um, on your accounts, life insurance policies, and those will avoid probate and they'll go straight to the beneficiary that you named on those accounts. So if there's no beneficiary designation on your account, you want to make sure everything's titled in the name of the trust. Um, if there is a beneficiary designation, you want to make sure you have primary and contingent filled out for that as well. But again, I just want to make out, uh, re-emphasize this one point. If you have a will but not a trust and you have assets in the will, that will is still going to dictate where that money goes. So that's taken care of. But assets in the will but not in the trust goes straight to probate court. And depending on your state, you might have some costly fees there. So again, that's our biggest uh, difference, in my opinion, of, of will versus and trust and the differences between them. The second one is uh, public versus, versus private. Uh, in a lot of states, 
Probate is, is costly, time-intensive, and most documents are public record going through that probate process. Now, if done properly, a trust will be far easier to administer and it can be done privately. So if privacy concerns are a big issue for you, you really got to look into uh, trust in your state and see if that makes uh, sense for you to create as well as a way for you to keep everything private. Also, uh, control during your lifetime. A trust is going to allow you to control what happens now if you become incapacitated and at your death. So there are multiple types of trust though, and some will give you more flexibility to change things during your life, and others are more restrictive and kind of once you set everything up in that trust and everything's set up and you sign it, then you're kind of locked into those provisions. We'll be discussing different types of trust later on, but the one that gives you more flexibility during your life is a revocable trust. Um, now a will, on the other hand, in terms of control during your lifetime, a will only controls what happens at your death. So it's not going to be able to dictate what happens to you if you become incapacitated. So you, you cannot set out things that happen to you during your lifetime in a will. It'll only make provisions that go into effect at your passing. Um, and that's another really, really big difference and another reason why you should, man, at least consider uh, a, a trust. Um, the third one is cost. Uh, I have heard a lot of people knock trust because they think they are supposedly much more expensive. And that has absolutely been true in the past, not denying that at all. Um, I don't think if you do this today, if you do it right, I think this difference is honestly going to be really, really small. Um, the way I've personally set up my firm, I work with a national estate planning company. Um, me and my clients work together to create their will, trust, and all of these other documents when we create their overall financial plan. And so this is kind of a new way to create your uh, estate plan. There might be some other ways that come out in the horizon as well. But what I want to say to you in terms of the cost is that, yeah, you may pay an upfront fee for this estate plan. And let's say if you're going to go meet face to face with an estate planning attorney, it's anywhere from three to $5,000. Yeah, that's a big chunk of change. However, it could be significantly less than what your estate has to pay at your passing if you did not put into this work all of the estate planning things that we're talking about in these episodes and these blog posts. So one, I don't think the cost is honestly a big, I don't think the cost should be the determining factor. Two, um, I really think you need to think about how much your estate's going to pay at your passing. And, and that might be tens of thousands of dollars versus this upfront charge of, you know, a couple grand, which I, I absolutely admit is, is definitely a lot of money. Okay. So we've covered some similarities, some differences. Let's talk about some frequently asked questions that we got, and then we'll wrap up and get on with our day. The first FAQ uh, that I get is, why do I need a will if I already have a trust? Um, and we touched on this before, but I want to say it again because it's so important. Assets in your will, but not in the trust, will have to go through the probate process. Whereas if you create a trust and you fund it properly, those assets will avoid probate. And I got to emphasize that point again. It's not enough to just create a trust. You actually have to title the assets into the name of the trust. Um, and so it's a two-step process. Create the trust and then make sure everything's titled inside of the trust. And so items that could fit in the trust uh, would be uh, your house, rental properties, any kind of other possessions or assets that you may have. You have to structure it properly so that everything that needs to be mo moved over into the trust is actually moved over into that trust. 
Uh, the second FAQ that I get, and this kind of goes on to this last point, is what if I have named beneficiaries? So if you have named beneficiaries on your assets, like uh, life insurance uh, policies or retirement accounts, for instance, the beneficiary designation um, is going to determine where that money goes. And it will not be the trust or the will. And that's such an important point to make. So if you have a trust or a will and they have beneficiary designations on them, but you have different people named on your beneficiary designations for your life insurance policy or your retirement accounts, then for those retirement accounts or life insurance policies, that's going to dictate where the money goes. So if, if there's a difference between your trust, what your trust says and your beneficiaries on your retirement account says, uh, for the retirement account money, it's going to follow the beneficiary designations. Um, and so that's really important that you make sure that you have all of those named beneficiaries lined up with how you want. Now you may want, you know, one person to get the money from this retirement account and another person to get the home. And that's fine as long as what that's what you want and is listed out in your trust, uh, retirement account beneficiaries, life insurance policy beneficiaries, etc. So that's that's another point. I, I've heard really sad, terrible stories about people who thought, you know, if I named um, you know, there, there's, there's unfortunately way too many examples of, uh, a husband and wife, they're getting divorced and one of the spouses forgets to change, um, the beneficiary designations on their retirement account. And it's still the former spouse, even though they're newly married, they have kids they want to give it to instead, etc. Um, and they may think, Hey, well, I updated my will. I updated my trust. How come that just doesn't flow over? Well, it just doesn't. Um, you've got to name, you've got to rename whoever you want on your beneficiary accounts um, to line up with your current estate plan. So just because you create new beneficiaries on your trust or your will does not mean it's going to change the retirement accounts or your life insurance uh, policies. So that's so important that you guys do this um, so that, you know, whoever you want to get your money actually gets it. Um, and then my last FAQ as we wrap up here is which one should I do? Now, as you know, I have said this so many times, all the compliance people, you know, keep on reminding me to say this. I can't make any recommendations on this podcast. I don't know you. I'm not speaking to you. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't provide legal advice. All I'm trying to do is, you know, give you some estate planning, um, knowledge here. So. I, I can't say some rules of thumb though, and this is not advice. You got to go talk to an estate planning attorney, a CFB who works with an estate planning uh, company like I do, um, someone else to get specific advice for you. But in most cases, if you're trying to space out your distributions for your beneficiary, like a minor, like minor children, if you're trying to avoid probate, if you want to have more control of your assets and what happens, you really should consider a trust-based estate plan. And you can create the will as well, but you know, all of those um, benefits of a trust, you know, the will doesn't have those options. So you really got to consider the trust there. Now, if all of your assets that you have are passing by beneficiary designations via life insurance proceeds, retirement accounts, um, and you think there's no reason to hold anything back from your adult beneficiaries, then maybe, maybe a will-based plan could be sufficient. Again, don't take my advice on that. Please go talk to someone one-on-one uh, -on -one to get 
uh, advice for your specific circumstances. And then I just want to repeat the thing that I said at the beginning. If you have any questions uh, on estate planning as we go through this, I'm happy to take your questions and compile them, and then we can make a new separate episode. Everything's anonymous, of course. Um, and my email is scott at forthrightfinances.com. Again, just send your uh, email to scott at forthrightfinances.com. I'll compile the questions, get my best answers, and then we'll make a new podcast episode if we get enough questions. Thank you all so much for listening. We will be back next week to talk more estate planning. I hope you all are doing well and have a good week. Bye. Thanks again for listening. As a reminder, you should consult with a financial advisor familiar with the specific circumstances of your unique financial situation before making any financial decisions. Nothing in this podcast is a solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities. Any mentions of rate of return are hypothetical in nature and not a guarantee of future returns. Scott Newhouse, CFP, is an investment advisor representative of Forthright Finances, a California and Nevada registered investment advisor.